0: Wisconsin, we are glad you're with us on a Friday edition of the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Bill Michaels. We're glad you're with us today. Uh, ben Kenny is uh, winging his way, I believe, to Colorado. Who's uh, route are you producing today? Crunky yep, it's Rome? me, Bill. Maybe you if go, you play man. your cards right, you
1: might get Sports Director Zach Heilprin to sit in for a oh, second. Oh my
0: goodness! Yeah, I heard you guys, uh, and I was—I had to think about it for a minute. Because I thought, wait a minute, where's where's Evo? And then I realized Evo was gone. And uh, then I uh, realized Ben Kenny was gone today. So today's kind of a weird day. We got to, the whole last hour of the show, basically, is Mike Clemens. Uh, Bill, it's a Parker's skeleton crew camp. here. That's all right. That's all right. Well, you know, hey, a bailing wire, some paper clips, a little bit of duct tape. We got it going on. We're, we're fine. As long as the ship is afloat, we're good. You know what I mean? If we're not taking on water, so to speak. We were taking on water this morning
1: at six AM, Bill. That's, were that's you really? uh over was the it line foamy? didn't start out well. Was
0: it foamy water with a with a head on it that tastes wonderfully? Or was it just oh my goodness, uh, get out the buckets?
1: I don't know if it was uh necessarily, you know, foamy versus unfoamy, but it was definitely um <laughs> we'll say low on gas. The the okay. not a ton of energy left in the uh tank of over the line to start the show. <laughs>
0: Well, Zach, remember, is coming back from his tête-à-tête with Brett Bielema. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta temper the expectation because that, that took a lot out of him, you know, to say, "Hey, Brett," and now he's probably sitting with bated breath in front of his computer, waiting for that click, you know, just to just to be able to see Brett Belama's stuff all over again. Full disclosure, Bill.
1: The energy lost wasn't, um, Zach Heilprin. it may or may not have been (laughs) the gas of, or the, the tank of gas in my car that came up a little short. Is that right? Yeah. A little, little nervous. So I had to make a few extra trips to Madison and back from, uh, during this week and, you know, station next to our, uh, the gas station next to our radio station, quite a bit cheaper for some reason in gas than the other one. Mm -hmm. So I go, ah, I can make it another 30 miles to the, uh, the station. Sure. Turns out I was about uh, five miles short of that. Really?
0: Oh, that's not good.
1: And I was stuck in the flex lane with oh, an empty no. tank of gas. That's and uh, right. Heilprin really doesn't run the board or do any of that stuff, so it was a little bit of a panic moment.
2: Oh my goodness! What? Yeah, I was, that's uh, i was sitting there. I was like, what, "What am I supposed to do? What, I mean, he calls me like he calls me like twelve minutes before. <laughs> Twelve minutes before we're supposed to go on the air, I'm here. I'm. They scraped the bottom of the barrel to 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 find a guest host with Nelson. It was me. I was just going to sit here and play second <laughs> fiddle to him for four hours, and then I get twelve minutes before. He's like, "Yeah, I'm. I'm stuck. I can't. I can't. Oh, I can't that's do it." Awesome.
0: So, I could just see you like a pianist that's never played the piano before, <laughs> like, just
2: pushing buttons. Like, am I on? What, Hello. What does this button do? All right, mic's up. All right, cool. What? Uh, uh, yep. No, it was. It was not cool. And then we had like a bunch of callers and I was like, I don't know how to get them on the air. It was a, it was a tough scene to start the Friday, but we, we managed, we managed louder. Yes. Speak
0: louder. Yell out your window. We managed. <laughs> hey, I, I got to ask you. So how was it sitting down in front of Brett Bielema and I kudos to you to have the cojones and say, Hey, you blocked me, dude. You it know, was, what, what the hell? It was, uh.
2: It was something that I had been planning for, like, two, since he got rehired, right? Like, I'm like, yeah. this is the opportunity I'll have. I don't really have a chance to talk to him when he's at Arkansas. Didn't get him on the show last year when we were down there. This time, Ben Kenny was just an absolute beast. He continued to go ask these Illinois people to get him on. He asked him five or six times throughout the day, because I told him, if you don't get him on, Ben, you're not coming home with me. You're just going to stay mm-hmm. here in Indianapolis. We got him on. It was great. Asked him the question. Breaking news, though, last night, Bill. Brett Bielma still has me blocked. However, <laughs> Jen Bielma does not. I am unblocked by Jen Bielma. So, really? that, so I got one of the two Bielmas to have unblocked me,
0: but still working on the big guy. Okay. Yep. Well, you know, now you go through her. Yes, that's right. You and know, I'm- now you go through her. You start, like, tagging her <laughs> in complimentary ways. Yes. And then and then she blocks you because she's like, Brett, this guy's a creeper. This, like, this yeah. weirdo, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's that, that well, that's good though. Yeah. Hey, hey, you're halfway home, yeah, but Bill, you're either you, halfway home or you're halfway on your way to a restraining order. Do <laughs> you find
1: it interesting that he asked Brett Bielema himself to his face, Hey, why don't you think about unblocking me? So clearly, he had the conversation with his wife, Hey, maybe you should have right. uh, not block this Heilprin fella. But then he doesn't do it, but his wife does. This is this
0: is this is my thought of subterfuge here. So what he did was, is he went home and told her and said, "Hey, why don't you unblock him? Take a look (laughs) at what he's saying, and if it's okay, and he's not killing me, I'll unblock him." Yeah. And then they ended up, uh, you know, probably going to dinner and they just forgot about it.
2: Yeah, yeah that's why so. I, that in my mind, that's how I'm thinking about it. Bill. I, I definitely yeah. think they had a conversation about me. It's they, it's not that they've got he's got football camp going on or anything. It's not that they're they're right, in right. fall camp right now uh, that they are. Oh, but. no,
0: I'll tell you, every bedroom in America is whispering the name Zach Heilprin. So, <laughs> so I'm sure, uh, yes. you know, among the pillows and kisses that uh, Zach Heilprin's name was whispered, thus unblocked on it, the wife's account. It definitely
2: is a uh, atmosphere change. <laughs> Danger, I'm sure uh, bringing my name up in yeah. that in that in that scenario. Do you think yep. <laughs> Zach
1: that you would potentially if they well they're gonna play Illinois if they like somehow beat the hell out of Illinois that you will hashtag
2: karma again. Uh, I think if it goes the other way, Brett Bielma will un will, <laughs> Brett Bielma will unblock me on Twitter and then tweet out karma and it'll just be like and then he'll tag you in it full full. Full circle and retribution. Full, yes. And full circle. It comes all the way back around and and karma's trending again. Now for karma, would you block him? But that would be a good idea, right? Go back the other way. Mm-hmm. Now I got the power. No.
1: Bill, Ooh. Zach is a blocker. He's blocked me
0: before.
2: That's not true. I've never blocked anybody. Uh, I don't <laughs> oh, block, I'll people. block people. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, here's the question is, do you go back and unblock them?
2: I am. I'm not a blocker, so I don't really have anybody to unblock. But I do. I am a muter. Like I don't want to give people the satisfaction of being blocked. Because if you if you give them the sat if you if you block them, you're giving them the satisfaction of knowing they got that they got to you. And so I mm-hmm. I I just I try not to do that. But um, I, yeah. I, with, with Brett, I think there, when I tweet when we tweeted that out, about 15 people are like, "Can we get on that list too of uh, getting mm-hmm. unblocked?" Like there are. He's got at least. I bet you. Five hundred to a thousand people blocked, if not more, based off right. of that, based off of what happened in like twenty fifteen or whatever it was. So yeah, he's got he's got a lot of names to
0: to go through. I'm sure. I have there's certain people that it takes a lot to get blocked, uh, but once I block you, it's pretty much done. I mean, unless you come back and say, <laughs> hey, this is me. I've had people email me and say, "Hey, man, uh, I didn't realize, you know, either what I was saying or it came off as being an ass or whatever." Because there's you, you take so much, and then you're finally like, you know what? It's just easier just to say, "I don't need to see you anymore." Goodbye. <laughs> right. And I don't want. I certainly don't want some of these people like tagging me. Yes. In stuff. Yeah. So that's the reason that once you get blocked, you can't tag a person. Right. So it's you. You can say what you want, but you can't tag a person. Yep. So that's that's usually when I do that. Very rarely. Do I go back and say, "Okay, here's one more shot at it"? Yeah. Very rarely, yeah, because I, uh, I, I was asked that the other day. Hey, I was also asked, "Have you now?" I, you know, next week or not next week, but the week after, I'm gone. We're, yeah. we're actually we're doing the show, right. but we're going to be out in down Sturgis, South Dakota. Yep. So the question I had was, and I, I yesterday I had all the details and the technological stuff put together for the State Fair. The radio broadcast booth for the State Fair is wired. I'm only going to be there two days. And you guys have been asked, you're welcome to come and do the show. Really? Okay. Do you guys have any... And you can stay at the house. Because the house is going to be empty. That is, that, Nobody what, here. What days are those next week? Uh, it's the week after. It's Monday oh, through Friday the week after that. So And the equipment will be there. I think... That, I'm taking some with me and there's going to be some there. So you guys are more than welcome to do that if you want to.
2: Yeah. So I... that uh I would. I The Badgers... Though, in camp at that point, so i'm I'm kind of, gotcha. yeah, I'm kind of locked in here. I think Nellie' Nelly might be up for that, yeah, we so yeah. we
1: have our golf outing on Friday, but our biggest thing right now, Bill, especially with the skeleton staff that we have, <laughs> Zach right. Zach and I are currently the only zone employees that are in the Madison area. <laughs> yeah. so so when we're talking about we do over the line in the morning and then we have we have someone someone's got to produce your show. So it's basically Zach and I have updates...
2: Morning show produce. Bill, can we
0: hire another button pusher?
2: (laughs) The the button pusher that was supposed to show up just hasn't showed up. Um, So we're yeah, we are uh, we are (laughs) our our, uh, yes, we we don't always have the greatest luck in hiring. I mean, we we hired Ben uh, Ben Kenny, so I mean it's we you know you know how that goes. Like sometimes you hit, sometimes you miss. We've had a couple we've had a couple misses of late, and uh, so we're just. You know, that's how he's out right
0: now in Colorado getting tested for hemp products. Probably. Bill, I'm throwing
2: I'm throwing Ebo and Heilprint under the bus
1: here. So, (laughs) nothing wrong with that. So, (laughs) they're gone. He knows where I'm going with this. So, Ebo and and Zach have hired like pretty much all of our employees in the last, what, four or five years. Made a lot of decisions. They're talking about hits and misses. And I'm going to say this as a Bystander on the side. There's been a lot of misses. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and say I'm hiring the next guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. All you right. need you, what you need to do. Your 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 interview question is, are you like me? <laughs> and then let them look you up and down, and then let see what their answer says. And if they just come out with an emphatic no, then you say I'm sorry, you got to go. So I, I kind of feel it would be
2: the other way around, Bill. If they say no, we're not anything like you. That'd be a major. That'd be a major hire for me. That'd be like, all right, you're in you're in you may be full time in a, in, a, in a week or two that's that's that'd be the way i would go Wait. see
1: i jokingly ran this by them when we were talking about this one time bill and they laughed and Ebo said, maybe that has to happen next. Cause we've had a lot of <laughs> <Yeah>. bad luck. <laughs> we haven't yep. been great. Yep. haven't been great at it.
0: Well, Ebo's finding people at about one in the morning at a bar. Yes. And they're like, man, I'd love to do that. He's like, come on in for an interview. And the guy comes in the next day and he's completely wasted and hung over. And he's like, you, you're hired. The guy's like, dude, I don't even know where I'm at. I, I, you know, I feel that like, type of thing.
2: yeah, I feel like you're in our meetings, uh, Bill, just, just with that example <laughs> right there. Cause I, I'm pretty sure the last button pusher we got was a result of something happening in a bar somewhere.
0: So, right, right." Um, Yeah, it's hey. Well, I do see Ebo's videos. He's either drinking or like his video literally just popped up last night. It was like some some bourbons and whiskeys, and then in the gym. Yep, you know. So he's either working out or bourbons and whiskeys. Every now and then, you get the "I'm going hiking with my cat" picture. Yes, (laughs) Uh, his (laughs) cat, his cat on a leash. Like it's yeah. I mean, who does that? Who does that? Yep, I know. Then again, if we hit the lottery tonight. Yes, we'll hire somebody for a lot of money. <laughs> we'll we'll hire the creme de- like we'll have people beating down our doors to come and work for us.
2: And we point. and we will not be here when they get here. So it'll be no uh, no
0: right no. okay. See, we talked about that yesterday. If you hit it, would you be gone? Or I would, would you give, still do what you do.
2: I would give my two weeks. Um, would you? I would I would stick around for two weeks for sure. No, I I don't know. Okay. Like what? I mean, I don't know. There that that. Would be just so amazing. Like me and my wife were talking about that. We were like, oh, my gosh, what would we do with this money? What would we do with that money? And then you get your hopes up and then like the first you have you buy like five tickets and the first. None of the numbers come up at all. Right. And you just. Yeah. So uh, get your hopes up and then have them
0: dashed. I don't know. Bill, would you do what you do? I would. I've said it all along. What I would do, though, is enhance the hell out of it. Yeah. Because I would, I mean, I would probably blow out a room in my house just to build an authentically huge, massive state-of-the-art studio. Right and then i would do the same for the building out there and we'd put everything in state of the art and cameras and the whole thing and the other thing we would do is then build a, a like a bus like kind of a, like a madman cruiser. cruiser yeah so we could do it anywhere and just start traveling the country It'd be and we would hire like five button, button pushers <laughs> and then we would just say let's take the entire show so we would be like a caravan of broadcasters randomly showing up in different areas satelliting ourselves in and doing the radio broadcast anywhere and everywhere we possibly could. All right, that's, well, that's my goal.
2: All right, well now I'm now I'm think, rethinking this, and maybe I maybe I would stay yeah. on if that was if that was the way this was going to go. Well, how
1: much are we talking here? Like, what's
0: it at? It's close to a billion dollars. It's over a billion. dollars. No, the, the pay the, the payout bad. is close to seven hundred million. Okay, so it's over a billion. I could probably yeah. make that work.
2: Okay, I think <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's enough to make it. work? Yeah, I think I could. I th- I think I would be piecing out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that 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 would be. See, that's the way I'd go. I mean, I'd spend some on charity because I said last night we went to dinner with some friends, and I said I've got uh, close friends, and uh, because I would want my friends to do. I love traveling with everybody, so I said everybody gets a million bucks right off the top. All my friends, my close friends, everybody gets a million bucks, and Kristen the same. The kids all get five million in a trust. Here you go. And then the rest of the money is just for whatever we want to use it for, and yep. it's put it in the bank, let it grow interest, whatever you happen to do. So that way, if we say, "Hey, we're going to be in Colorado," or "Hey, we're going to be in Sanibel Island," or we're going to Jamaica, we can do the show anywhere and everywhere, and we just take everybody with it.
2: That would be so. I mean, it, it would be so amazing. It's just I, I love talking about this, but I also hate talking about it because I get, you know, you get your you think about it. And then again, I have no hope. Then the tickets come, then the, then the numbers are pulled and you're not even close. And it's just like, yeah,
1: yeah. Build yourself up to just to let you down. I've only bought lottery tickets one time. And that was, and that was, um, when it got really big the last time. And that like 20 year old kid from California won.
2: Okay. Mm -hmm.
1: Haven't bought any since you got a, never bought
2: any before. I'm going to say, I'm probably not going to win this one, but you got to buy, you got to buy, you have to buy tonight got when you, you, go, do it when, when you just stop to get, do it. yeah when you stop to get gas which I'm going to recommend that you do on the way home so you don't get stuck on the back that would
0: be where that first million go for rowdy just yeah. I'm, I'm gonna put it into a gas card from yeah. quick. Yeah, right? Trip. right or
2: or just buy that and put it at your house like just buy a big tanker of gas and put it at your house so you don't even have to worry about it um mm-hmm. but yes you got to buy you got to buy lighter tickets you have to yeah yeah you'd be so upset you got because like if you don't your ticket, if you went to that Quick Trip, the, they could sell the winning ticket there, and then you'd be like, mm-hmm. "That could have been me." The entire and don't rest you of have
0: life. to buy it? Isn't it usually like it wins from some obscure convenience store that nobody's ever heard of, like yes. like, like you know Louis Deli or something? <laughs> right. Do you remember? It, uh, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say the lottery row up
2: in Fond du Lac back in the day. Right. Right. What, what was it called? It was Millionaire M- uh,
0: Miracle Mile. Miracle Mile. Yep. That. Yep. Yeah. Where they
2: was all those. Places kept on winning it.
0: Yeah. Right. Might have yep. to go up to Fond Black and just for old time's sake. I uh, I would love to because the place that sells it gets money yeah. oh, too. Oh, yeah, right. So, I you know, I, I Quick Trip's a sponsor, so I'd probably have to go in and buy my first batch of lottery <laughs> tickets at Quick Trip, and then i got to find some obscure place to go to just in case. And, uh, and then buy some from there as well, just so I've got you know both sides of the fence covered. But, For sure. Yeah.
1: Must be something in the water, I guess, up in Fond du Lac if a lot of people are winning the lottery and then the Badgers hit the lottery with uh, Braylon Allen. Boom.
0: <laughs> we bring it right back to the sports record. Good job. Nice job. Good segue. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're all going to dare to dream during the break. We may come back after the break with no pants. We're not sure. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show now. <laughs> have you back the bill michaels show on a friday we continue on got a lot of coverage coming up today of uh of packers training camp gonna be joined by mike clemens coming up a little bit later on in the program mike uh got a lot of stuff too by the way uh we're gonna hear from matt lafleur coming up here uh in just a little bit in about uh, about 10 minutes from now a little bit uh, a little bit less than that as a matter of fact uh we're gonna hear his uh press conference today just before he went out Uh, On the practice field. By the way, the practice today closed to the public, and uh, he explains why coming up here shortly. Also, uh, you've got uh, some other news and notes coming out of Packers training camp we're going to get to. Aaron Jones, you're going to get a chance to hear from him. And Christian Watson, Christian Watson, we're going to hear some from him as well. So that's coming up in a little bit as well. Uh, Also, uh, we're going to bring in our guy from the uh, the Action Network uh, here in about 30 minutes from now. When you talk about a little gambling going on over the weekend. So Matt Mitchell is going to be joining us from the Action Network. We'll talk with him about the Brewers and about the the percentages that have risen. Percentages that have risen since they got off to their hot start 5-1 and the first six games out of the break. And now they go into Beantown, another bad baseball team. And, uh, the likelihood, uh, of the Brewers maybe making a move and then bolstering their, uh, postseason chances, World Series chances. We'll get into all of that via the Action Network. In addition to that, uh, news came out today. I, I talked about this, or I shouldn't say I talked about this, but I actually had this in the, uh, in the headlines today. But, uh, Charles Barkley has said no to the, uh, to the Live Golf, t- uh, tour. Said, nah, he said, I want to thank Greg Norman and Live for their interest in me. Uh, I wish those guys great success and nothing but the best, but in my best interest and being fair to Turner, because Turner and basketball have given me every single thing in my life, it is best for me to move on, and I'm staying with Turner for the rest of my television career. Barkley telling ESPN yesterday morning that he had not received a formal offer but had spoken with uh, Greg Norman, and uh, they didn't necessarily get down to the brass tacks of money, but he said, I met with Greg, told him, yes, I'm in a win-win situation, uh, and if they offer me something good, that's great. If they don't, I've got a great job at TNT. But uh, he decided just, you know, that basketball team. My assumption is that there was enough of a, hey, don't let him go. Because uh, I think a lot of people that watch the NBA on TNT w- with Ernie and the Jet and the the banter back and forth between Shaq and, and Charles, I, it's just comfortable. It's kind of like just tuning into old friends. And I got to think that TNT said, "You don't go anywhere. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna give you a little bit more money to to stick around. It may not be live money, of course, but we're gonna give you some more money to stick around." So, uh, Live Golf uh, earlier this week they plan to expand in 2023 to 14 events. Remember, a lot of these golfers didn't want to play so many events, and now they're expanding. They've got 48 golfers competing for an unprecedented $405 million in purses. And Live Golf's also going to stage an additional tournament in 2023 through its Live Golf International Series, which was launched this year uh, through a $300 million investment into the Asian Tour. So for everything originally that the golfers liked about the Live Tour, the Live Tour seems to be really pretty much only globally now following the path of the PGA, trying to expand, trying to add in more events, trying to get more coverage, trying to get more contracts. And, you know, I mean, granted, they've got money to burn. Don't get me wrong. They can swim in it. They can fill swimming pools with it. But I just wonder how long this live thing's going to um to to last for golfers saying, well, it's exactly the tournament that I'm trying to get away from, and they've got a lot of the same restrictions that I'm trying to get away from. But since they're paying a lot more money, they're going to end up taking off and going there. So we'll see how long that uh, that goes, but uh, they got enough money to to make it go for a long, long time. Bill,
1: back to that um, Charles yeah, Barkley point. Didn't yeah. he say in the past that he only wanted to work until he was about sixty, and then he wanted to retire and kind of uh, walk off and yeah. do whatever he wants? He's got to be closing in on sixty. I'm not exactly sure how how old Charles Barkley is, but he's got to be close to sixty. I can't I can't imagine he's got too many more years if he continues to say he's only going to work till he's sixty. He's fifty nine.
0: He's fifty nine, so uh, maybe that's again, another my, reason why he's comfortable staying. Yeah, I'm going to stay with the TNT yeah. for one more year, and I don't want to. But you would assume now Charles Barkley probably has a lot of money. He's probably got a lot of money that's you know been invested and such for him. And over the years with Turner, I'm sure he's making more than a million bucks a year. You would assume, right, with some of the contracts that are being tossed around. So I would assume that Charles has money. But he had always said he wished he was born 10, 15 years later so he could really cash in on the huge contracts that were were being given out after he ended up coming towards the end of his career, because then he could have really capitalized on his popularity and his ability and all that kind of stuff, because he said he never really made that kind of money, and he wanted that. So that's why I thought the Livetour thing for him, if they would have offered him you know, 50, 60, 70 million bucks, like he was going to be gone. Bill, I if you had sure. to guess,
1: in 14 years, how much money do you think Charles Barkley made? In the NBA? In the NBA, 14 seasons. 40 million. Just, just over 40 million. It's about 40.6 million. Could you imagine mm. now? I mean, you have your max players
0: making 40 million a year. Right. That was his point is some of these guys are making in a year what he made in his entire career. Now take uh, you know the actual number of 40 million basically cut it in half because that's your taxes so it's 20 million. You take about 4% of that and get rid of that because that's to your agent. So you're talking another what you know few million bucks. So you're talking like uh, 18 17 18 million in his career playing. Now I don't know what he's making since then. But if you took care of your money, you you're living on it. You you've, you're pretty comfortable. You're okay. If you didn't, and say you know you were, and remember he had a few legal expenses he had to pay too. Um, you just wonder what he has rolling around in the bank. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Charles Barkley's comfortable, but nowhere near, nowhere near what what he has. You know or what he could have had in the bank had he ended up going, say, to the Lib Tour. He probably would have got in a contract for a couple of years in live Tour as much money as he ever made in the NBA. Bill, They'd do you feel like with 50, this Lib stuff,
1: they might try and compete with the PGA and some of these guys will go over there and cash in for maybe a few years and then it's all just going to fall apart and everyone's going to uh, run back to the PGA and the PGA is just kind of stuck there going, well, we're kind of in this between a rock and a hard place, what we we didn't want to offer them all this money, so they left. But we can't, right. We can't really say no to bringing some of these guys back because if they do, it's like, hey, some of us want to see Dustin Johnson or you know some of those bigger names that are playing for the Live, and we don't want to watch some of these lesser golfers right. that you have on your tour. So you're
0: probably going to have to let them back in. So their PGA is in a tough spot. How do you? Come back though, as some of these players. Now, I guess it's just it's your living, it's what you do. But how do you come back after vacating and really kind of bad mouthing the PGA? How would you come back in any way, shape, or form to save face? You know what I mean? How you would be? I um, mean, I mean, many people look at these golfers that have left for the Live Tour as. Uh, you know, abandoners as you know they they sold their souls to the devil just for the money. You know they they're they're not being looked at in a in a favorable light. But on the other hand, I think many of us would probably do it, especially some of the college golfers that are coming out that are they're signing to these turn that they're signing to these contracts. That's the other thing I wonder because a lot of these young college guys that they started signing because they weren't sure if they were going to get the uh, the big name golfers coming out of the uh, PGA. So they signed a lot of the top golfers coming out of the college ranks, who you know would have had to struggle and go through Q school just to be able to get a PGA Tour card. Well, now they're getting contracts for millions of dollars to go to the Live Tour, so they just jumped. So how do those guys come back? Not, just not It's easy for a Dustin Johnson to say, "Hey, I'm coming back. I was I did it for the money. Who cares? I'm I'm back." You know that type of thing. But how how does some of these college guys get received? Or are you more likely to take back one of the college guys because you understand they didn't have any money to begin with versus a guy like Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson and you know some of the other ones that have jumped over there? How do you go after those guys and and welcome them back? It's, just, it, it's a weird scenario because people just feel like they've been sold out. One way or the other, Bill, I feel like one party is going to probably
1: have to put their head down and tail between their legs and go back to the other. How long do you give the live tour? Well, Bill, a lot of money can buy you a lot of time, <laughs> right? But how how much are the you know Saudis willing to burn through to try and go through with this golf league? Right.
0: That that's that's the other thing. How much are they willing to say? Yeah, we'll just keep throwing throwing money at it, and it's going to be met with because I mean I you know every they're what are they in New Jersey this weekend? Correct. I couldn't tomorrow? I
1: couldn't even tell you. I actually have tuned into about
0: two minutes of the live league. And I think they're in New Jersey and I think they're playing at Trump's place because Trump is getting crushed. Crushed publicly because he's kind of, you know, arm in arm and him and Greg Norman or I think we're out playing. If I saw the highlights correctly, they were out playing golf and and, you know, granted, it's business is business. I understand that. But he's getting crushed because of all of this. I think I, I, I saw some of that. Uh, this morning on the news, the right? only one that I saw like two minutes of because i I flipped it on for a
1: second it was when they were in London, and I think that was like the f- might have been the first event
0: yeah so i well, don 't even got, know how does how's the viewership uh well I have no idea and you know the funny thing is is I know that e s p n has the contract with uh the p g a they don't even i i've looked if you go to the golf section of um of, say, like uh um ESPN, it just it has a little headline that says, Live Golf What We Know. That's it. it. It doesn't really break everything down for you. It just tells you who's in. You know, here are the players who officially signed up, that type of thing, with Brooks Koepka, Bryson DeChambeau, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it continues to add, you know, it tells you their schedule, but it's not covered like the PGA is. Oh, definitely. It's like a computer stream, right? And
1: it's like you can't. You're not going to your NBCs or CBSs of the world and finding golf or your live golf. That's that's obviously your PGA. But yeah, there's no channel to go to. You got to find a stream. But at the other the other end of this, if they continue to pick off more and more and more of the PGA talent, which it seems like it's kind of starting to trend that way, it's like. How much longer can some of these, can the PGA just sit idly by
0: and be like, well, we're not going to let you back in if all else fails? Right, right. Yeah, that's the other thing is, I, I, if it does fail, I'm going to be really intrigued to see how the PGA, because they, a lot of them resigned, which if you resign, then you have the, the ability, you reserve the right to come back. If you leave, and you are subsequently kind of quote fired, or you just say, I quit, screw you, don't sign any paperwork and you're out, then you you are basically starting over, at least according to the bylaws of the PGA. You you gotta go back to Q-School. You have given up your status on the tour and you have to go back so some of these guys say like i I believe i i correct me if i'm wrong but i believe sergio garcia gave him the middle finger and said i'm out talk to you later so if the live tour collapses sergio is short of playing over in europe he's done he won't play on the pga tour again so it's just it's there's so many different facets to all of this that i find incredibly fascinating uh, but you just got to wait for the uh, wait for the downfall. Let's do this. We're woefully late for a break. A uh, little bit of Matt Lafleur coming up. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this.
2: <laughs>
0: Welcome back. Glad to have you. Big weekend coming up at our friend uh, Joe and Ellen Hennis out there at Sloppy Joe's. And smoke on the water. Was out at smoke on the water last night? Wow, oh, I'm, I'm telling you what, we had terrific food. The big giant party island mushrooms, oh my God. Just these breaded mushrooms, they're like as big as your fist. And they were fantastic. Then we had uh, the, um, they had like a uh, 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 barbecue meat stuffed popper with bacon wrapped around it. Oh my God, holy mackerel. Ate that burger, had a BLT wrap, had some friends that came out last night. We met with them. And they have these caramelized, maple caramelized carrots. Oh, good Lord. Eating those things. And at least that seemed healthy. Uh, And eating those things like popcorn last night. But, oh, my God, such good stuff. Uh, Big weekend coming up out there, though. They've got an incredible band from uh, Nashville, Tennessee, Friday night tonight, called Stone Senate. Stone Senate, incredible kind of a blend. Uh, Leonard Skinner meets the Allman Brothers, meets just kick-ass old rock, uh, a bunch of, uh, outlaw country mixed in there. So, um, they're, uh, they're gonna be there. Uh, they, they, that's a group that I believe, if I remember correctly, they play Sturgis and, uh, a bunch of different, uh, things like Daytona Bike Week and everything. So good stuff. Uh, that's eight o'clock coming up tonight. Doors open up at five. Uh, they've got the annual Okachi tie-up this weekend. Uh, that's bring your binoculars, bring your camera and, uh, bring some sealed lips. Uh, so what stays on Okachi remains on Okachi kind of weekend. Uh, but anyway, uh, they've got the below deck party group, uh, party house. It's the after party, the official after party at smoke in the water coming up this weekend. So big stuff. So you got a really good band tonight. The tie up tomorrow, the weather's going to be perfect. Oh my God. The weather's going to be beautiful. Check out our friends, uh, Joe and Ellen and the whole gang. Uh, Whether you're going for breakfast on a Sunday morning out to Sloppy Joe's in Hubertus, on Hubertus, or this weekend for the party that is, smoke on the water, Uh, either place, absolutely, positively fantastic. Good, good stuff. Matt LaFleur, head coach of your Green Bay Packers, uh, was just at the podium a little while ago. Today, a closed practice for the Pack. Uh, Here's what he had to say. Take a listen. Um, maybe not.
3: Hey Matt, we have, there we go. We
0: saw Hanson running with the ones yesterday. What the,
3: what stood out about him in the spring that you uh, gave him that opportunity Yeah, he's a guy that's consistently improved throughout his time here. So, uh, again, you are going to see a lot of different combinations, especially early on in camp, and just allowing guys to compete. And we'll, we'll try to find the best five to go out there and help us win.
4: How long do you kind of take the the personnel groupings that you had in mind coming into camp and and give a sample size before you start shaking things up? How large of a sample size do you need to see from these guys?
3: Well, I think everything's fluid, like I mentioned yesterday. So um, that's just something that typically I don't like to have a script too far in advance, especially with, you know, you have guys coming off PUP or NFI or coming back from injury or you have guys that may unfortunately get injured so um all of that's pretty fluid but we we usually script out like you know three to four days in advance just to keep us uh in front of everything and make sure our players have the information and whatnot and have a focus but you know throughout the course of camp it, it's so f-
2: with, with a bunch of guys though is that impacting are your runner practice like during the offseason there's times where you put you had two groups going at the same time is that um
3: guys prohibiting that at the moment yeah absolutely no doubt about it and um but i I think just looking back to a year ago typically we we call that a two-spot when when you got both groups going at the same time um it just allows for a more efficient practice so you don't have to be out there quite as long because i know you guys are always out there with a stopwatch seeing how long we're on the grass so um it just allows us to get get our work in in a more efficient manner um, and making sure that everybody gets en- uh, enough reps. Uh, but right now, yeah, anytime you have one position group that's a little down on numbers, it definitely affects that. But, again, last year I don't think we uh, implemented that until about the, the fourth practice or so. And Matt, speaking
4: of time on the field, obviously it was limited to 90 minutes yesterday, I think 105 today. Do you shorten periods or do you just cut out Stuff that you would normally do, and then you add it when the time
3: limits go up. Yeah, I would say it's both. You know, some periods are a little bit shorter, and then we we definitely cut out some stuff as well. I think we had three team periods yesterday. Today we'll have four with everybody, and then we'll we'll end practice a little early, and then just having a developmental period. That's you know. a a few plays to make sure that those young guys are continuing to develop because I think that's one of the challenges when you do have those time constraints and certainly we're we're aware of that at all times just the amount of volume you're putting on your players I think a coach's natural tendency is to want to be out there forever and and really in the grand scheme of uh or over the course of training camp it can kind of set you back because if you lose somebody then I mean, that that affects every other day down the road. So we want to be intentional and smart about how we implement, uh, you know, all our systems and and allow these guys to kind of acclimate themselves back to training camp.
4: Yesterday we saw an offensive line, uh, Jake, go from uh, right guard to center. And, of course, last year Lucas Patrick with a lot of play, he's moved on. Uh, Do you have some other young candidates that can play that unique position the
3: ball Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of different guys that that are going to be in there at center as well. And certainly we know when Elton comes back, he's a guy that can do that. John Runyon will be there. Um, Cole Schneider. I mean, we got a lot of guys that can can go in and out and, and play that position. Your receivers were making
2: his plays yesterday. Uh, pretty impressive for the first day. And then speaking of that, Romeo, his first day, seemed to uh, you know, showcase what he had already day one. I know it's just day one, now. even past. Yeah, you said
3: it best. It's just day one. So any anybody can do something one day. It's it's how consistently can you do it, and can you make those incremental improvements, and that's what we're really looking for. But I thought all, all in all, I thought yesterday was a good first day. I, I definitely think for the young guys, it was an advantage uh, to come back and have a couple you know, very light practices to kind of get their mind around that first install. So it'll be interesting to see how they move forward when – the volume starts to accumulate throughout the course of training camp and, you know, just how fast they can play. But I, I was happy with with the performance. I was really happy with our effort, all, you know, across the board. I thought just watching our defense, um, you know, we're really stressing finishing to the football. Uh, you know, those guys were turning and running as, as well as I've ever seen them do it. And, and it's just really about setting standards of, of how we – operate on a daily basis
0: there you go Matt LaFleur some of his comments from a little bit earlier today as uh, he met with the media let's do this we're going to step away we're going to come back and uh, talk a little gambling little odds makers uh from the weekend Uh, we've got our buddy Matt Mitchell from the Action Network he's coming up here in just a few minutes hang in there more of the Bill Michael show coming up next the air good to have you on this friday covering packers football we got to the last hour of the show pretty much filled mike clemens live up in green bay you just heard from matt Lafleur just a few moments ago now we take a look at some of the odds and ends so to speak as we get from the action network our own matt mitchell joining us on the hotline matt how you doing man i'm doing great bill
4: thanks for having me
0: So let's start off, uh, obviously, with football. When you get injuries, offensive linemen, guys start going down and all that kind of stuff. How much, if at all, does it change the odds for a team and their capability, whether it be some of the prop bets to move the football or just their overall win capability throughout the season?
4: So when you're talking about injuries to non-quarterbacks, the impact of an individual game line will be pretty minimal. Uh, I think fans and pundits take a kind of an outsized view of the impact of these injuries, but ultimately guys like Bakhtiari, who are already injury prone, their uh, limited availability is kind of already baked into those lines. So you can't expect basically any movement when guys go down, unless you're seeing two or three guys going down together. It certainly hurts the team, but if you're talking about, you know, individual game lines, futures markets, it's going to be pretty minimal unless his name is Aaron Rodgers.
0: Uh, Exactly. Uh, I want to go over to the baseball side of things because that's where things are starting to heat up. Obviously, there's a lot of trade rumors going along out there. So um, you got Benintendi. He ends up going to the Yankees. Does that then increase their odds of the likelihood of getting to a World Series?
4: Yeah, I think it will. you'll see a, a shift toward the Yankees becoming even heavier favorites to win the World Series and win the American League pennant. But it also just signals that they are... They're buyers in general, which the Yankees certainly are historically, uh, and they're just kind of going for broke. They want not just guys that can mash the ball, as the manager would call them, (laughs) savages. They're looking for guys that can just get on base and move station to station. The Yankees are proving to be uh, probably as, as big a contenders as we've seen in the last 10 years.
0: Uh, I want to talk about uh, the Brewers for just a minute because the Brewers get off to a very hip, uh, hot start. 5-1 and one in the first six games. Obviously, they've increased their lead in the National League Central. They're up three games now. Um, so how much, if at all, have the Brewers become – I, I believe they're going to win the division. But what are the odds for the Brewers to win the division at this point if you're going to drop some money on them?
4: So they're minus – about two eighty right now, so they're very heavy favorites. That's you know bet two hundred and eighty to win hundred, so they're they're almost you know one to three favorites. I would call them prohibited mm-hmm. favorites right now. But I think you're right; they're they are you know very well more than likely going to win the National League Central.
0: So we all believe they're going to make a move at some point. We're just going, not quite sure who, but I don't know how much, say, a guy like Josh Bell will say would, would would move the needle. Does that then matriculate into the betting odds for them to solidify themselves? And then what are the likelihood, what are the odds right now for that team not only to, to win the division, but say get to a World Series, because we pretty, pretty much figure it's the Dodgers and the Mets and then everybody after them.
4: So the last year... Brewers are pretty good. We all saw what they did. They were, uh, you know, they had a, a high-performing team. Uh, you know, it seems like this year's version is even better than last year's, and they look to be buyers at the deadline, which is very exciting for not just gamblers but for uh, baseball fans in the state of Wisconsin. Right now, they are twenty to one to win the World Series. That's actually a, not a bad play, considering it's hard to imagine those odds getting any worse. In fact, I imagine they'd get, they you know, approach probably fifteen to one after the deadline. They're eight and a half to one to win the National League. I think those are great buys right now. Gambling's all about buying low, selling high. I don't think that number's ever going to get worse than that right now, especially if they add a bat like Bell. Uh, I think they are a, a buy-on team, not just in the near term, but looking toward the uh, the autumn as well.
0: Got the Brewers going on uh, into Boston, taking on the Red Sox. Brewers favorites coming up a little bit later on this evening. But uh, as the Brewers kind of go through their schedule now, the the Cardinals they've got I stretch I think of twenty three out of 25 games or something like that where they're going to play sub-500 teams. How much does something like that uh, come into account, come into play when you're starting to talk about betting and the likelihood? Because I know that uh, some of the bets are how much they can win by. How Will they win by two games, three games, eight games? So how much does that matriculate into the betting line as well when you're talking about the Cardinals playing a, almost a month's worth of baseball against sub-500 teams?
4: The, the Cardinals are really a piece of work. Aren't they? They always seem to kind of come alive down the stretch. I know last year Mm -hmm. they had an absolutely white-hot finish to the year. And when you're looking to buy, you know, invest in bets that are going to pay off kind of months from now, you do have to look at the schedule, like you mentioned, because you want to pick opportunities where you perceive, oh, there's a good chance they could win 10 of 11 games here. They could win 12 of 15 games here, and their odds are going to get a lot worse. They're going to get more expensive to purchase. So looking at things like how dreadful the opponents of the Cardinals are coming up, would mean if you think the brewers are going to fade now would be the time to take the cardinals my concern cardinals are old they're an old team this is they're kind of going for broke here with a collection of aging stars i don't know if they're going to run out of gas they're certainly not the kind of team that over buys at the deadline so i i wonder if this is the year where they they kind of run out of steam instead of peaking in september
0: Matt, great stuff as always, man. We're going to start throwing some money down. If uh, I win tonight the lottery, I'll throw a lot of money down and be following you on the Action Network. Appreciate it, pal, okay? Good luck. Talk to you, buddy. There you go. That's our buddy Matt Mitchell. It's all brought to you by our friends at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Some things to think about when you're talking brewers, you're talking about injuries in the NFL as the season has yet to get underway, but start making that nod. Pottawatomie Hotel Casino, the place to play. In Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Wisconsin for that matter, make a trip to Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Stay tuned.